0: This is Living Real Radio, real issues in real time with your host, John Angotti and Greg Walton. Living Real Radio is brought to you by Closets by Design. Imagine your home totally organized. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 615-261-8700. That's 615-261-8700. Good
1: morning. Welcome to Living Real Radio. John Angotti here with Greg Walton we come up to this 21st day of january of which we'll be uh, airing the show on and uh, but today it's thursday and we're just coming through the the winter the one week of winter that i think we're going to get hopefully it's not more than one week
2: it's been four. cold there's stuff out here <laughs> <It's a plus.
1: laughs> yeah was that an automatic beep bleep in there it's cold it's, yeah, yeah 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 it's been cold and uh today we have with us on zoom we have Brian Conley with us who is our five o'clock Sunday night guy but also artist extraordinaire and he just has come out with uh a new single and getting ready to debut another single and so we want to be able to debut that single before that single's debuted on this <laughs> show today so because I, it, it's a great song and we'll talk about that later but. Uh welcome back. Did Brian you go Parker. over
2: that again? I, I didn't quite catch all of that, John. The the, the circular uh <laughs> was it too were you not paying attention? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Are you having a hot toddy run.
1: over there? Yeah.
2: yeah. I was still thinking about how cold it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not that cold. If you're you know, if you're not you know, if you're from the south, you know, but Brian's from you know, uh Glen Ellen uh, Illinois, which if anybody knows where that is, they win the $1,000 prize. <laughs> oh, I true. do.
2: It's a southwest suburb of Chicago. Or, or is it northwest? No, wait, southwest. Is it no, south?
1: You live, it's it's Springfield.
2: Springfield. Oh, you said Glen Ellen. Spring- you yeah. said Glen Ellen.
1: Yeah. Glen Arm. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Arm? yeah. Who's Glen okay. Ellen? I think is, is that somebody from... Uh, Glen Ellen is a
2: suburb of Chicago. <laughs> oh, is that... Oh, it is?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you just made that up.
2: No, I'm the Denners Grove guy, so I, I i know. I know Glenn Ellen.
1: Oh, there is a Glenn
2: yeah. Ellen? There is a Glenn yeah. Ellen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well Brian's from Glen Glen Arm, which is yeah, he hasn't said two words yet. <laughs> Brian's also a, a father and uh he's getting ready to, they're getting ready to have their second baby when's your baby we due
3: are. uh as of right now june i believe june 2nd june 3rd first week of june
1: that's great awesome just, boy or girl
3: uh we're super excited to have our first girl so yeah, yeah we we can't wait to uh to meet her
1: what what's her name going to be her, her, name,
3: her name yeah 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 uh her name is going to be Amelia Lynn Connolly Oh, Lynn, like your mother. Yeah. Well, so, so my mom's, uh, name is Lynn. My sister's middle name is Lynn. Cammy's middle name is Lynn. And my mother in law's middle name is Lynn. So it was kind of like a we had to do it thing. Man, so you have a like minute.
2: a type and like a genetic type too, there. I mean, it's, I, I guess
3: <laughs> it totally not planned, not on purpose. But yeah, like every, every, uh, Every relative that I have is like their middle name is Lynn.
1: Well, that's, I bet nobody in the world has that. That would be very, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs>
2: probably. You should, you should win a prize.
3: <laughs> could, you,
2: yeah. could you be like yeah. related to Loretta Lynn? I,
3: uh, may, probably know. not, maybe. You never know.
1: Anyway, so, Brian, we're glad you're with us on the show today. And, uh, Brian, tell us how you got to Nashville, why you're in uh, Christian contemporary music, what it means to you, and, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that journey.
3: Brian. Yeah, uh, so, rewinding, I was a, a freshman in high school. Um, I played guitar in church for maybe three, four years at this point, Um and and you know, I loved it, but it just wasn't necessarily, you know, the place that you could go and rock out at. Um so I man, I loved like not a lot of people know this about me. I was a huge like country fan when I was growing up, like the two thousands country, Brad Paisley's one of my favorites, Lone Star, all those guys. Um and there was this one concert that I went to, it was it was a Christian artist. Uh, it was my first time actually going to anything, you know, contemporary Christian. I don't even know at that point if I knew CCM existed. Um, and I went to this concert, and it was this this guy. His name's Lincoln Brewster, and he, if you know anything about him, he's like a guitar player first and a singer-songwriter second. So going to this Christian concert and just seeing these, like, mind-blowing, face-melting guitar riffs was Honestly, it was it was just completely life changing to be like, wait, I can do this like in church appropriately, of course, but you know, like you don't necessarily have to just hold back and play your four chords. You can have a little bit of fun with it. Um, so I started getting into Christian music more. Uh, the music director at that church would would let me play more and more, and then it, it just became something I was super passionate about. Um, so I went to college to to chase after music um and that is where I met Cammy my wife um and then right out of college she got an internship at Provident which is a Christian record label here in Franklin so she moved to Madison just you know north of of Nashville um and I was like you know if I want to do music Nashville's probably a pretty good place to land so I moved just south of Nashville here in Franklin um, Fell in love with it and and stayed here ever since.
1: Now you were. What was the name of the church you were playing in? Where you met Lee and Brewster?
3: Oh, so that was. Uh, I was playing at my local church there in Chatham, uh, Illinois. Was Saint Joseph the Worker? Um, he played a concert at. Oh, what was the name of that church? I'm gonna get it wrong. There, there's a bigger church. You know, seats two, three thousand people. in in downtown Springfield. Um, but yeah, the high school I was at, it it was a Catholic high school and they had a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It was like a competition. It was like right around Halloween time. Uh, it was a big jar of candy corn and it was basically whoever guessed closest to how many candy corns were in this jar got two free tickets to this Lincoln concert. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, as fate would have it, I put my my guess in the in the cup. And when they came on the announcements later that day to announce the winner, they also announced the correct number. And I was probably the farthest away from it possible. Uh, like, not even remotely close. I think I was like two or 3,000 off, which I, I don't know how that's even possible. But uh, I, I just went home and I had this feeling that I needed to Go to this concert so asked my dad he looked it up he was like wait this is like a christian guy yeah of course we can go so he bought two tickets and the rest is history
1: oh so you didn't win the competition but you no. went anyway
3: we went anyway but, yeah
1: yeah but without the competition you would have never heard of lincoln brewster
3: correct so saint joseph's john kennedy was that music director and lincoln has this absolutely killer cover of leonard cohen's hallelujah but he rewrote it to work in a church setting. Uh, So all the verses are like Christian lyrics and there's this absolutely like mind blowing guitar solo in it. And we used to do his, it's called another hallelujah. Leonard Cohen didn't want him to just call it hallelujah. Um, So we used to do that. And I I think that's why I wanted to go so bad is I kind of recognized the name, but I couldn't place where I'd seen it before. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it was awesome.
2: I have a Lincoln Brewster story. This it, is
3: so. a great story. You you need to you need to tell it.
2: <laughs> so uh so I I was playing at there's a big festival up in Kentucky and and um I got uh booked for it. It's called Ictus Festival. I don't think it's going anymore, but it had been going just about as long as Woodstock, I think. Um but in any case, uh uh Lincoln was was playing before us I, he wasn't opening for us they just you know they just spit out bands in rotation so it wasn't anything like that but my my drummer worked at a music store and thought he knew lincoln's drummer really really well and so lincoln's drummer was playing and my drummer was backstage and just noticed that his drummer's jeans were shifting down a little bit and back so he started going hey you're cracking me up you know (laughs) like just like and i was like dude what are you doing you know and um and so and so like uh we got done you know we followed up with our set and i just noticed the band was being really really you know pretty cool to me like like cold you know like and i and so i i'm like oh dang it they're they're upset and at the same time we were working merch tables i didn't really have an opportunity to talk about it and then Later on, uh, the music store that my drummer worked at, you know, like one of the band members was coming back in, and he goes, "Yeah, I, I play with Greg Walton. And I go, "That guy's a total jerk." I'm like, "It wasn't me. That was you." <laughs> you know? So, so Lincoln, you know, I, I just got to apologize publicly that, uh, you know, that was just, I, and I was so young, like I just didn't know like how to handle it. It just like caught me so off guard uh and uh but you know yeah i got a bad reputation something
1: that but he would probably (laughs) remember something like that you know you meet so many people along the way that you forget who you meet sometimes but that scenario i bet (laughs) you he
2: would remember oh yeah yeah so that would be my drummer pulled a lot of pranks on me i was playing my first kind of big stage thing at the national catholic youth convention and uh he called me up and told me that he broke his arm you know and like didn't you know and the whole band was in on it as they drove i mean they he he was yeah he was he he kind of went over over the line a bit on on pranks so (laughs) got me in trouble with lincoln
1: yeah yeah well so much for drummers
3: yeah (laughs) I just feel like you guys know like the the whole running joke in Spinal Tap about drummers, like they just go through so many drummers, like spontaneously combust. Yeah, yeah, like in the real world, people aren't dying, but we literally fly through drummers just like that because they do stuff like this. Like that's, that's just the. <laughs> I know more drummers than any other instrument down here, and like I genuinely cycle through it, and like I'll come back around to drummers, but. Man, we fly through them because they pull the most dumb pranks you can think of. So notice all yeah. drummers
1: stop the pranks if you want to continue
3: working. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so Brian, uh, your song, uh, The Best is Yet to Come. Tell us about that song.
3: Um, that was really my first attempt at writing for myself. I'd written a lot in college for other people. Um I'd never tried to write for myself before, and I called a friend. um, Her name's Kim Ford, and we we sat down to write that in, I think it was, like, March of 2021. And she had – I'm going to get the time mixed up here, but if I remember right, she had just lost her dad, like, a couple weeks before – and i had either just lost my aunt or it was very apparent that she wasn't going to be here much longer um and we we sat down to write and i threw out this idea that's just hey what if you know as christians we actually lived by the hope that uh what's coming ahead of us after this life is is better than than what we have here um you know, our hopes in heaven. It's with, with God. It's not, you know, here with, with politicians and the, you know, storm again, we're having, <laughs> um, and so we wrote this song called the best is yet to come and listening to it. Um, a lot of people, I, I get people that, that reach out to me all the time that are like, man, that song's like so uplifting. We love it. Um, and they have no idea the story behind it is actually incredibly tragic. Um, but it, it just seemed like the right idea for a, for a song, you know, about looking forward to, to what's to come after this life. So that's The Best is Yet to Come.
2: Okay, here's Brian Connolly and his tune, The Best is Yet to Come. You're listening on Nashville's Hippie Radio 94.5. This is Living Real, brought to you by Closets by Design.
4: To worry or get caught up in my past All the storms I faced were never meant to last And I don't need to carry any weight of sin or shame All my debt is gone and I'm not looking back again is yet, the best is yet to come.
0: Imagine the clutter in your home gone. Imagine no longer needing a junk drawer. Imagine everything put away in its place. Imagine your home totally organized. Let the professionals at Closets by Design organize your home, office, or garage. They're experts in space management and specialize in maximizing the space that you already have, whether it's your closet, office, pantry, or garage. No space is too big. Or too small? Call locally owned Closets by Design for your free in-home, no-obligation consultation. Find out how you can save 40% off their everyday low prices and get free installation. Call 615-261-8700. That's 615-261-8700. Or online at ClosetsByDesign.com.
1: Welcome back to Living Real Radio, John Angotti with Greg Walton. And we just heard the best is yet to come from Brian Conley. And uh, Brian um, not only does a five o'clock Sunday night mask, but he also has been touring uh, the last year or so with Francesca Battistelli. I have, and, you uh, got it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, t- t- how did you get that gig? Um, how is that gig? That kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, so that's a actually a really really fun one. Um, basically, uh, you know, I feel weird saying this, but 2020 in the the event in 2020 that must not be named um, was actually incredibly good to me. Um, there was a, a really good guy, John. I know you know him, Greg. You might have known him, Vinay, uh, who ran sound. You know, at Saint Philip. And one day out of the blue, he called me and he was like, Hey man, I was talking to Massimo. Of course, Massimo is the, he, he plays drums and does tech all over St. Philip. Um, but he was like, yeah, man, I was talking to Mossimo. I had no idea you wanted to do like music as a career. Um, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but I actually go to the gym with Danny Gokey's guitarist. Like, would you want to get coffee with him sometime? and I was like, man, that's incredible. Absolutely. I'd love to meet up with him. Um, his name was Josh Lutz. Josh is one of the kindest people on this planet. Um, and, you know, all these professional musicians who were doing what I wanted to do were just home because nobody was playing shows. Nobody was touring. Um, so they were all just home with nothing to do. So I I got, I think, what was it? I like went to his son's basketball game or something like that with Josh. It was It was a lot of fun. It was kind of odd because I was like, I don't know any of these kids. I'm just having a meeting with somebody in the bleachers. Um, But then he really liked me, so he passed me on to somebody who, I'm just going to make this really short, passed me on to somebody else who passed me on to somebody else. And eventually after meeting, gosh, seven or eight different people who were all doing what I wanted to do, I met this guy. His name's Toby Friesen. He plays guitar right now for Jeremy Camp. Um, And he's really good friends with Francesca. He's played for Francesca in the past. Um, And basically, gosh, when did I play with Francesca the first time? I think 2022. I played with maybe 2023. Yeah, 2022. Um, I got a call from Francesca's husband that was like, hey, we're looking for an acoustic guitar player for a show. Um I got your number from Toby. He says like uh you're you're the guy for the job. Are you open and available for this? And I mean that was that was it. They they called me the one time and then they just kept calling me back. Um it was kind of terrifying. So usually, you know, you'd have all these rehearsals and stuff, but for that first show we were in North Carolina, I believe. And I had zero rehearsals with her the first time I met her was actually at soundcheck and we had a 20 minute soundcheck before an hour 15 show. So we didn't even run all of the songs like that physically, you know, you can't run the 15 songs in 15 minutes. Um, So it was fairly stressful, but I think I played it off well enough to where they were like, Hey, this guy's actually a professional, which I'm not. and yes you yeah are. they, yes, you they are. just <laughs> well thank you john um and you know the funny thing about that is that was the day before you and i did that where was it uh new jersey thing
1: oh yeah continuing with, the journey
3: yeah yeah with kevin and Massimo. so like you know here's the dark side of traveling that people don't tell you about so i flew to north carolina with my acoustic to play for that and by the way like that when they say it was an acoustic show it was just me and her like one acoustic two mics so the fact that we had zero rehearsals and they had never heard me play before like i'm assuming she was terrified as well because like i could have single-handedly derailed this entire show um yeah. but i flew to north carolina with my acoustic played that show Massimo flew from nashville the following day directly to new jersey with my electric for that show and TSA absolutely raided my case. John, I don't know if you remember that, but like yeah. all of my, basically I showed up with a guitar. Like my picks were gone. Whammy bar was gone. Guitar strap was gone. Capo was gone. Backup strings, everything. It it was just, it was an interesting and, weekend. I'll say that.
1: Well, that's weird because that was in Nashville and people in Nashville at TSA should, should know better.
3: Yeah, I mean you'd you'd think so, but but they didn't. Yeah. And then I but got back, and like three, four days later, uh, we had Liam. So it was a very busy weekend.
1: Yeah, Liam. Liam is uh, Brian's son. We love Liam,
3: we and do. he's going to be
1: a little musician himself, isn't he? Cause
3: he's going to be a drummer.
1: Uh, he wait a minute. You said you didn't like drummers. What kind of drummer are you going to turn him into? Well, I'm <laughs> going to try to turn him. He into he knows a good the one.
2: boundaries on pranks. Yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) prank boundary. Just teach him the prank boundary. Okay.
3: Well, Hey, (laughs) he's, he pranked me a couple days ago. I was making a demo and I have, I know you guys can't see it on the radio, but over on this wall, I have a, a wall of like vintage amps that I've collected over the years. My favorite one is a 1968 Marshall. It's like the Holy grail of Marshalls. Um, and as I'm recording this demo, I look over and he's just holding like some of the knobs off of this 1968 Marshall. I was oh. like, Liam, no. So I had to take it in. It cost like $200 to get it fixed. But wow, it's
1: amazing what a baby can do. You must be like, bam, oh yeah, bam. yeah.
3: Well, that's the thing. Drummers just hit things. So he was like, oh hey, this is Dad's instrument. I can just hit this too, right?
1: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, becoming a dad, do you think it has affected your writing in?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's weird, but since becoming a dad, I, I feel like I'm a lot more confident than I used to be. And I don't know why that is because like, I'm super hard on myself as a dad. I feel like I'm the worst dad out there, but Liam's still alive. So I guess that says something. Um, but I've just gotten a lot more confident to where I would write a song before we had Liam, and I'd run it by four or five people, and just be like, "Is this good? Is this trash? Should I just get rid of it?" And now it's—I feel like my lyrics are stronger, um, melodies are stronger. You know, all the parts that go into a song are stronger, and I'm—I I don't care as much about people's approval with it. Um, so like, John, I know you wanted to talk about it, but the song that we will talk about called love like you, that's the first one that I'm going to release where there is no co-writer. I did the whole thing by myself. Um, and it, it feels weird to say that, but I, definitely being a dad has had a huge part of, uh, my, at least my own view of my own songwriting.
1: Well, why don't we play that song?
3: Absolutely, let's do it.
1: Yeah, so here's Love Like You by Brian Conley. It's not out yet, but it will be. It Very will
3: soon. be. First first Friday of, let me see, March? Yeah, first Friday of March.
1: First Friday of March, so here it is. Love Like You. You're listening to Living Real Radio on HIPPY Radio 94.5, brought to you by Closet by <laughs>
4: give hope to
2: Welcome back to Living Real Radio. Greg Walton here, co-host John Angotti, and our guest is Brian Connolly, who is a slamming guitarist, singer, songwriter, uh, dad, and we've just been talking about all that. Um, You uh, tour of Francesca Battistelli, and uh, we just listened to Love Like You, which ties into your experience of fatherhood and and, uh, all that good stuff. So, so we're back. Yeah, the one yeah. thing
1: people don't know about him that's non-musical is he's a guru in the stock market.
2: <laughs> John.
3: I, that's true. I, I It's honestly yeah. probably unhealthy a little bit. I obsess over the stock market, but it's good. Like, I have a, I, I'm have already investing under Liam's name, so hopefully one day, you know, college debt won't be a thing for him like it was for, you know, Cammy yeah. and I.
2: Um, Weren't you involved in that GameStop thing a couple years ago?
3: (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I wish. I didn't think that they'd do anything like that. And then all of a sudden, they exploded upwards. And then as fast as they
2: went up, they tanked. Were you already, you know, uh, doing the stock market thing then? So did you hear any rumblings about it? Oh, yeah.
3: No, I've been in the stock market as long as it's been legal. I forget if that's 18 or 21,
2: but...
1: Yeah. yeah. Did your dad help you with that? How'd you get like, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know nothing about it. And I'll get in there. And... I started something and like, I lost like $300 in two weeks. I was like, I'm out.
3: Oh, yeah. No, my my dad, you know, walks me. I'll still reach out to him and be like, hey, is this smart? Is this stupid? Like, what would you do if you had like 300 extra dollars laying around? Um, my dad is super, super good. He's got that financial brain um, that he's, gosh, he can just invest circles around me. It's insane. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing, John, that he taught me, and it's like super cliche to say when you're talking about the stock market, but it's time in the market, not timing the market. Um, so that like $300 yeah. in two weeks. I mean, you never know. It might have kept going downwards. It might have gone up $1,000 the next week. It's just...
1: It's just like... No, it's just me. It's it's betting. Like, for example, if you want to know what team's going to win, ask me what team I think is going to win, and it'll be the other team. (laughs) I mean, you know, usually I root for the wrong team and all that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, it's, you know, I think for musicians, to be able to know the stock market is an actual probably a cool um uh, partnership you know because it's another way to make a living because it's so hard to make a living just as a musician and as a musician especially if you're a traveling musician that you know you don't have time to go work another job where you got to clock in and all that kind of stuff that's right So how do you supplement your income and if you're smart and have those abilities and have a dad like like your dad and then uh can help
2: you out with the stock market to a degree. Yeah, so do you have a strategy like eighty twenty kind of thing, or you know?
3: <laughs> no, not really. You know, it's it's just a lot of looking into. Um, I I don't do anything that's high risk high reward. I do a lot of low risk low to medium reward stuff. It's just I'll dump it and then forget about it and come back three years later and I'm like, oh hey, it's made two thousand dollars over the last three years um It's all stuff like that. I don't. I tried to do the day trading thing for like three days, and my heart rate, like it. I oh couldn't yeah, that's take so tedious. No, it's no way. just so stressful. Yeah.
1: Well, let me ask you: the music that you're writing, yeah. What? Where would it be placed? If you were going to place it, it you know, it's not. Is so is it, is it would it be labeled praise and worship music? Is it labeled mm-hmm. just, just contemporary rock? You know, uh, those kind of things. Where would
3: you? That's a, you know, that's a really good question. Let me, I'm gonna pull up my songs really fast just cause I need to see them or else I forget they exist. Okay, Brian, where am I? Um, I think all of them can kind of be placed in a different spot, so just, for anybody who's kind of confused by that question, basically there's three routes of Christian music, and one is like the liturgical, which is what nine times out of ten you hear in a Catholic church. Um, I view, and John, feel free to chime in. John knows better than me, so if any of this is inaccurate, John, fix fix it for me. Um, liturgical to me is very diagonal, and what I mean by that is your you're singing to God, but which is the vertical aspect, but it's also, it has a strong horizontal, like we as the congregation uh, side to it. Um, It's also usually the, the words are either straight out of the Bible or paraphrased. Um, It's not a lot of personal experience. It's pretty much straight up. Like you can be like, Oh, that's 110% like Romans two, you know, um worship music is a lot more uh personal experience so it's more vertical it's less horizontal you're more singing to god not necessarily with each other um if you if you're looking for an example of worship music like goodness of god um songs like that uh lord i need you the language is very i me um when referring to god it's um Like you, it's not, you know, the third person as sometimes liturgical music can be, and then the third route is, uh, like CCM, that's like your your Mercy Me's, Casting Crowns, Jeremy Camp, uh, stuff like that. It's more uplifting. You'd probably never hear it in a church, or at least no church I've, I've ever been to. Um, it's usually straight up horizontal. It's just uplifting to people. It has biblical values, but once again, you just wouldn't do it in church. Um, gosh, my songs. So I think "Joy, Joy Everlasting," which we have not played, but if you want to hear it, you can check it out. It's called "Joy Everlasting." "Joy Everlasting," I think, could could fall between the liturgical and worship route. Um, gosh, the best is yet to come falls between like CCM and worship. I want to say hallelujah on everything. The most recent release is for sure. Just a straight up worship song. Um, I have one that's coming out. I think it's February 2nd called so good to me. It's straight up CCM. Um, and then love like you, I think, probably rides that line between liturgical and worship.
1: Yeah, I, you I think, know stuff that's like uh, not worship, or you know, uh, or but more just songs. Yeah, or faith-based. Exactly. This could be crossover too. You know, you know, they, they get segregated out, and you know, sometimes it's not much different than a country song in its meaning about life and faith and hope and. You know, Exactly. Because, so we pigeonhole music in, in that way. And,
2: and uh... I think more of Christian radio now is that, you know, is bridging the you know between CCM and worship. Wouldn't you say that it's like a quasi worship meets radio single? Um, there's, it's... there's, it's more dominant than it was in the '90s, where it was just straight up CCM. I think.
3: Yeah, like the the Michael W. Smith, Steve. Stephen Curtis Chapman days like that was just straight CCM. I guess Michael W. Smith could could fall into worship with some songs. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, you know, being in the Christian music industry, they won't tell you this, but Christian radio is dying, which I think that's the shift in what they're playing is uh, people are writing more worship songs because they're trying to get their songs into church because radio is just not doing it anymore. Um, yeah, it's, but I, I think it's a good shift, at least to me. I, I always like, I don't know, this sounds weird. My favorite music usually falls in that line between worship and CCM, um, mm-hmm. which I think that's where most of my stuff falls, but it's, interesting. Yeah, it's, I
2: saw that shift around why I think after, um, nine 11. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Right venues Absolutely. dried up people were afraid to go out to concerts and so and also i think the i think the area. christian songwriting community wanted to um also offer something to people in the context of church to accompany us through that whole deal as well but then it actually became part of the market you know yeah um mm-hmm
3: yeah absolutely
1: it's, you know you, there's no station for uh liturgical music you know that right, you know there's not a liturgical music station and right uh, and being a writer of liturgical music and greg is as well is that you know it, it's different in the whole approach because it's the music surrounds something else there's something already present like the right, the you know, the, the mass itself is already present, and your and your music is like this glue that holds all these rituals together so that it's one entity, you know. And so to write that is uh, and you're with a community of people. So it's like we are the body of Christ, you know, and how to have the, the participation of the assembly, it's not like they're separated and they're coming to a concert or we're coming to a service where we're just gonna watch you do your thing play your song which is great you know the liturgy has a different aspect and so it, it's the music itself uh is so varied because of the opinions of those that have gathered you know you got those that just want chant and think this is the only way and it's going to get those that just want, because that's what feeds them right but the difference about liturgy technically, you know theoretically is that this is where heaven meets earth and now we're right before God or right at this timeless moment of uh the passion death and resurrection sometimes we forget about the resurrection part of Christ we always focus on the the death piece but you know at consumption we're talking about receiving the risen Christ here, you know, the one that has been raised. And what song can I sing to help people uh, be able to realize that they become what they receive? It's it's like this. And so therefore, the, the music in heaven has to be it something that everybody's going to be able to participate in music in heaven, right. And so how to how do we create that I I find it, it it's it's I don't know if it's ever been done where one person said completely this is the objective music specifically for Liturgy you know because it's like the music that you do the music you do at five o'clock it's awesome it's rocking and we have a certain people that go to that Mass they love mm-hmm. that music and they have that encounter you know I used to be about separating you know keeping everybody with the same eclectic music across the board everybody gets the same i don't think i I think you. maybe at christmas easter the big celebrations but on your weekly mass i mean i think you got to feed the people with what
2: feeds them right
3: absolutely that's just
1: my person just my person
2: i agree i've I've been praying a bit you know on um kind of where to focus uh composing and I think a, a word that you know has kind of come up to me is resilience that music is a source of resilience universally whether we're talking mainstream or liturgical you know um from a faith base it's about resilience when it comes to um helping us with a relationship with god and helping us with each other you know and through those difficult times you know um that call us out to be a source of resilience to others, you know, uh, as well. So there's just so many dimensions to that, but I don't know. I, if, if you talk about a focus, John, that's the one that I think I'm feeling called to, you know, work towards.
3: Absolutely.
1: We have to, If we're, you know, it's either that or just sit down, you know, it's either yeah. you're going to be resilient or you're just going to go, go away, you know, and uh and these difficult times you know it's still difficult times for churches you know they just struggle with uh you know, food prices are high mm-hmm. the world's kind of a is in a crazy place you know and uh, are, are are we getting any better is the world any better you know can we find a hallelujah and everything right you know, even in the sufferings you know so <laughs> i nice. say that because we're, we're as we're winding down here we're going to play Brian's latest release called "Hallelujah and Everything." Tell us about that song, Brian, real quick before we have to head out.
3: Yeah, so "Hallelujah and Everything" was uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun to write this one, and it by far took the longest. So I actually, so looking at the timeline of when I release songs, "The Best Is Yet to Come" came out in June of 2023. "Hallelujah and Everything" just now came out January, I want to say fifth, 2024. But I started both of those songs in, like, March, April of 2022. Um, and it took me that long to finish it because I just I couldn't get it right. Um, but I, I'm happy with where it landed. Basically, the the whole concept of the song is, um, like, the first verse is, the, the lyrics are, you are the one who made the stars. You wrote creation from the start. I'm so amazed in how you love me, how you saved me. I'm so amazed in in who you are. Um, it's this picture of God's massive, he made everything. He made, you know, the stars, he made the earth, he made everything. And yet at the exact same time, he cares enough for each one of us individually. Um, then the pre-chorus hits and you'll hear that, but it's, but how many times have I in my own strength to get by kept myself from truly living, basically just getting caught up in the noise, you know, John, you were talking about, is the world getting any better, Um, getting caught in that negativity and getting yourself down and not uh, living in the the full goodness of God. Um, And then the chorus hits. uh, What was the pre-chorus? Kept myself from truly living. When you are the way, you're the truth. You're the beating in my chest. Um, When I'm tired, I will run to you. You will give me rest. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. All that you are. Um, Yeah, it's... Man, it's just a fun song and, and when you hear it, I hope you think it's fun. Liam's in there. Um I'm ma- I'm gonna make a video really fast and, and probably post it Friday. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, it probably came out two days ago. Um Liam, I I had Liam in all of my songs. When you get to the bridge of this song, the bridge is just the pre-chorus again with different chords under it after the guitar solo section. But there's this really cool synth like thing. I don't know how well that translates. Uh that's actually Liam uh he oh, was really, raspberries, yeah, well, he was uh he Liam loves peanut butter sandwiches, and we were giving him one, and he just went yeah, and I took it and I auto tuned it, and then I put it through a bunch of like different effects, so that huge massive synth in the bridge is actually Liam, so when you hear that, please smile and think of my one and a half year old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool. You was oh, yeah. Mister Tricks and Tricks in the book. There,
3: nice. Yeah, nice. he's Very he's nice. hidden in all of them.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you for being out here, Brian. Keep doing the good work. You know, you can catch Brian five o'clock Sunday nights. Usually, he's there. Him as him and Cami and Shannon and the crew. Mm-hmm. And also want to shout out if anybody. Uh, we're going to be doing a production of Godspell in March. Uh, we had auditions this weekend, but we still I uh, think are looking for some folks. So if anybody. Is in the parish and wants to join the parish. We, you know, you don't have to be in the parish to be a part of it, but uh, we, we're trying to do it in-house if possible. But if not, you know.
3: That's good. Can I can I also add a shout-out, John? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick shout-out because it's his show and he won't do it himself. Johnny Angotti just released a new song. It's called Free, and it's an absolute banger of a song. Uh, Kyle Kyle produced that, right? Kyle Frey? Yeah yeah spotify, he yeah. gosh monster monster producer the guitars in that take it from a guitar player the guitars in that are massive just a wall of sound so go check out johnny and gotti free where is that youtube spotify all the all the typical all that, ones
1: yeah yeah well, i appreciate that
3: absolutely got to it. it's a it, you, you know it's a johnny and gotti song when there's two key changes folks
2: At least
1: there
3: was more than two.
1: two,
3: Were there more than two? Oh, no,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. To (laughs) to the bridge to get all that, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, last time for Brian to being on the show. No, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody go out and smile. Somebody have a great Sunday. God bless. Here's Hallelujah in and everything, and we'll throw in free for you as a bonus track. So have a great day. God bless. You listen to Living World Radio on Hippie Radio 94.5.  ¶
5: Be still like the stars in the sky ¶ Or faithfully shine like the angels on high ¶ And dance in the moonlight, sing sweet lullabies ¶ Only then can I truly be free ¶ If I could be gentle like a soft summer breeze ¶ And lovingly dance through the flowers and trees ¶ With clouds in the sky like a ship on the sea And come when I want it and leave when I please Only then would I truly be free Only then would I truly be free sing songs like the birds in the air or fly where I want and never get scared and sing to the cherubs that smile with sweet care and go to the ends of the earth if I dead, only then can I truly be free only then can I truly Could let go of the cares of the earth, see beauty around me and know of its worth, and live for the moment and never give up, and always remember the inspiring stir. Be me, and always believe in the one left unseen, and dance in the moonlight, rejoice with the stars. And know that with God I can go very far, and try to be strong when the world makes me cry, and always be me, always be me, always be me till the day that I die.
0: been listening to living real radio real issues in real time with your host john angotti and greg walton be sure to tune in every sunday at 8 a.m to living real radio living real radio brought to you by closets by design imagine your home totally organized call them today for a free in-home consultation at 615-261-8700 that's 615-261-8700